I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, the consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. We are back for another week of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. Hope everybody's doing well out there. As always, I am Bob Long with Big Guy Fantasy Sports. On the other side of the glass is my man, Ron Rickney, sitting down in Florida, as I assume as usual, on his back porch, enjoying the beautiful warm weather and doing the podcast from the in the outdoors. Ron, am, am, I, am I wrong? I hate I hate that you set it up so beautifully, but the one time I'm actually indoors, you give <laughs> me you lay me lay up that setup for me. So oh, no, I'm actually man. indoors tonight, but it is That's yeah, it, it, another beautiful day today. I think you got to like 78, 75. Nice. I mowed some grass, so dragging a little bit here. Get you know another busy Sunday and a day in the life of, but uh, yeah, yeah, getting getting stuff done around here, and then you know we're we're in the depths of the uh, great fantasy baseball invitational draft as well. Slow draft that there's. Yeah, oh, okay. pretty much everybody so that's podcasting. Yeah, I'm in one of the one of the leagues there. The second year I'm in. Nice. Um, How's it going? So, yeah. How's the draft going so far? Well, to start, got a lot of my target guys, and then um, as as we've gone along, it's been Snipe City about the past four or five rounds for me. So I'm and what round struggling a little in? bit with my queue. Um, I'm only in like round 17. I think we're about three or four rounds behind everybody. Oh, but that's okay. We got time. So how many? How long is it? 20 rounds in that? No. Um, 30 rounds. I believe it's 30 because we have to, we have to go, it's a 23 man roster and then I think you have seven for your bench. So we still got a okay. little ways to go. But. And is that best ball or? No, it's just, no. it's weekly set up with fab. So you set your lineup Monday, okay. I think before first pitch and then what you have for the week is yes. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's a good cool. time. Well, Hey, great segue because speaking of baseball, uh, for those of you who may have missed last week's show. Uh, when we did our clutch awards for the running backs, uh, we made the big announcement that Big Guy Fantasy Sports has now moved in cons- into consistency for fantasy baseball head-to-head league. So we are very excited about it. We got some great new writers. We did our first fantasy baseball consistency show yesterday. It is now out there on Spreaker as well under the Big Guy Fantasy Sports umbrella. Um, And I assume in a few days it'll get out to all of the other ones. Somebody already hit me up today, was excited about it and said, hey, is it on iTunes? And I said, well, it should be. I said, I know our football one is. And he said, I don't see it. And I'm like, ah, you know what? First one, I think it takes like 72 hours to make it to iTunes. So uh, for those of you who are looking forward on iTunes, it may not be there yet, but maybe Monday, Tuesday. But I think once we get in the flow, once it's approved and it's got set up, I don't think it's a problem. So definitely check it out. Uh, great show yesterday. Myself, uh, Wes Easley, and Aaron Peggs. Uh, all both uh, we talked about shortstops, outfielders, and relief pitchers. Those guys did a great job writing the articles on the site, as, of course, did our, my man, Ron Rigney here, who does the uh, first baseman. Am I right? That's it. That's it. And so check those out, the uh, year in review, year in a preview for 2020, as well as the undervalued, uh, uh, I wouldn't say wide receivers, because that's what we're going to talk about here, uh, <laughs> uh, the undervalued players as well. Uh, for first base and all the positions, some great stuff. And if you, you know, if you're used to this on the football side, and you followed us for years and read the magazine, the guide, and all that exciting stuff, you know what this is all about. It's finding that value in the consistent player 
whose ADP may not be high enough reflecting their consistency because maybe they missed some games, so their overall points aren't as high, whatever the case may be. It's the same stuff we talk about in football. Now we're applying it to the baseball for head-to-head, and you can see how, you know, obviously you see the studs up there in that 70%, 80% range, 90%. Um, but what you also see are the guys who are high-scoring, but not as consistent, just like we have for football. So make sure you check that out. It is completely free. There is going to be no paywalls to get to anything for baseball this year. So all of this will be free this year. We'll see how it goes, and then uh, we might put it behind that next year. We're looking forward to possibly, and I'll say possibly because it's going to be a lot of work, of putting out our first fantasy baseball consistency guide this fall for next season for 2021 we'll see how everything goes but that is the ultimate goal here for this those guys are excited the writers are excited everybody's excited to possibly put that together but it's a lot more work than just putting 175 football players together uh usually get into some pretty high numbers with that so we'll see how that all comes together but ron uh any thoughts on the baseball i know you haven't heard the uh show yet but uh you know, the articles, the talent that uh, we've uh, been so blessed to become upon here. I mean, I knew you were talented at this because I know you do the baseball with the boys of Nasty Cast, but a lot of good writers we got in. Well, and a lot of the guys, too, that we brought in are, are guys that I've seen the names around. You know, you see them around Twitter and you see them, you know, in, in these various things like TGFBI. I think a few of those guys right. are in there as yeah, well. Yeah, I can Mario. It, and it's cool to kind of just, you know, get firsthand to see exactly what they do because, you know, don't always have time to, to – there's so many sites out there now and so many good people that, that provide such good content. It's good to be able to kind of see those guys and, and, and I get to read their articles, but the cool thing is their articles are with us right? and, the, and their talent is with us. But yeah, it's, it's, right. it's going to be super cool. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm anxious to see how it works out, but yeah, if we could put a guide out next year, I think that would be awesome. That'd definitely be a game changer as far as those head to head leagues for sure. Definitely. And one of the guys, Wes Easley, I talked about, he's going to be heading up the podcast, uh, taking it. I'm going to do the first one. I did the first one, and and he'll be taken over. But, you know, it was really interesting to hear Wes in the podcast talk about how, you know, he came on board to write because he just wanted to get into this. And he's been playing fantasy baseball for years and really has kind of done his own thing from a podcast, and he was wanting to start his own website. And he said when he saw that I was looking for writers – he was excited to do it. He goes, but I really didn't understand the consistency, and I didn't really see know the numbers or anything until – he goes, but now that I've gotten into it, he goes, this stuff all makes so much sense to him now. And, and how he's completely just twisted around how he looks at players – and, and is analyzing them for these head-to-head leagues. And he goes, I'm going to tell you right now, it's already changed me, and, and, and I just started into this. He goes, I hope we can change other people out there and, and do what we did for football to the baseball side. And, you know, he's definitely all in, and obviously uh, we're excited for that. So, But anyway, so check that out. Anybody out there looking into uh, your fantasy baseball leagues head-to-head, definitely check it out, uh, some good information. And it might be good information if you're in rotisserie because, you know, maybe you're looking for those fast starters, so you, you want to grab them now, or you're looking for some guys that, you know, because you can look at the player details and see how they do in weeks, you know, um, you know, the weeks that might fall in, you know, May and June and, and see how consistent they were during that month because you can just look at that and kind of line it up and calculate that yourself. So uh, there's some good stuff out there. We'll keep expanding on that also. But all right, so, Ron, we're here for uh, another one of our annual events, and that is the coveted 
2019 Consistency Awards, and this week we're talking about the wide receivers. And there was a lot of, I'm not sure what the word I'm going to use here. Um, just a lot of weird stuff. I guess I'll, I'll be polite. <laughs> um, you know, it all started with Antonio Brown and his disaster and, and meltdowns and it just just weird stuff after weird stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of the big names weren't, were, they were up there, but not in the same, you know, realm, the Devontae Adams, the Hopkins, the, you know, those kind of guys were, were up there, but not that 100%. And like, you know, Devontae Adams, I think, ended the year at somewhere, let me, let me find it here. I kind of forgot it because I think it's a lot farther down than I gave him credit for. Well, don't say uh, too much about him because I'm going to pick on him here in a couple seconds. So. Okay. All right. We won't talk about it. <laughs> So let's just move into, because I think I know where Ron's going with this, to our first award for the evening, and that is the one that really nobody wants, and that is the worst value. Uh, it goes to the wide receiver, the highest ADP at the beginning of the year, and ended, the, but yet ends the season with the worst combination of total fantasy points and consistency, thus making him the worst value in 2019. And so, Ron, I'm going to let you be the first nominee, and I think I know where you're going with this. I think you forgot me figured out here. And, you know, yeah, we always start with this one. Not one that you want to be nominated for. You definitely no. don't want to win it. But, it, you know, it's it, the, the guy that I'm looking at, you gave him away, Devontae Adams. Second guy off the board. Top 10 pick. Average ADP of eighth overall. And not to say that he had a bad season. And he was nicked up a little bit. Yet again, you hate to pick on those injured guys. But he did miss four games. Uh, or actually, he missed three games. He started yeah. 12 out of 14. But was under 1,000 yards receiving, 997, 83, or 83 grabs, five touchdowns, which is his, his low since uh, 2015 when he only had one. He's had double digits the last three previous seasons before 2019. Just kind of fell off the map a little bit, you know, and, it's, and you, you started to mention it a little bit. But, you know, you, you got to scroll down this list to look for him, and you don't want to scroll down that list too much to look for that second overall guy. But he comes in at 24th overall in total points. 69% consistent, 9 out of 13 games. So one of the bigger disappointments out there when you're spending a top 10 pick on the guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it was just a mess. And I think, if I remember right, if you look at his actual week by weeks, he started off extremely slow. And that was when some of the injuries came into play, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I'm still trying to find him on the sheet. I'm terrible at finding stuff tonight. Um, the heck is he? Man, why can't I find Devontae Adams? He's got to be on this first sheet, and I just literally can't. You're talking about the consistency sheet? I'm talking about the week-by-week week sheet. I wanted to see if he started off Green Bay, Green Bay. There he is. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah. So, first seven games, he goes two for seven. Actually, if you go to week eight. So, he was two for eight. Now, I think there were some injuries in there. So some of those zeros are just games he did not play, but then he did get back to his normal self and go eight for, um, yeah, eight for nine or seven for eight over the last uh, games or the end of the year to get to his ten. But yeah, just you know, just a slow start. But as bad as he was, which wasn't terrible, wasn't great, definitely not a top you know top five pick, which top seven pick in most leagues. Um, but the guy that won this. Um, played for the same team. I mean, the guy that should have won this was Antonio Brown. But I think his ADP wasn't as high by the time it really got to draft time because everybody knew that this guy was just a, a complete disaster. 
but the guy who did take it was the guy that played for the team he played for the year before, and that was Juju Smith-Schuster. And, wow, what a year. Um, the amazing thing with Schuster was he started off not too bad. I mean, he really didn't have a terrible start um, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's on the second page. I'm pretty sure for that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so if I can find him again. Holy cow, why am I having such a struggling time tonight finding people on my own sheets? Um Juju Smith. Why can't I find Juju? Oh, there he is. Okay, so. That's how, Ju- that's how bad he was. Yeah, that's how bad he was. So, first five games, he's four for five. Not a problem. And Big Ben gets hurt in week three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, week two or week three. So, there was some concern, but Juju kept playing well, kept doing good. And then, all of a sudden, he just fell apart. And after that, after that week five, he only earned one more clutch game. He did miss four games due to injury. So at the end of the year, he ends up being ranked 65th in total points. He had a clutch rate of only 42%. He was 5 for 12. That ranked him 53rd. Now, <laughs> there's bad. <laughs> Especially when you're talking about Juju, was a second-round pick. You know, some, some leagues, depending if it's a 14-team league, it might have been going late first round. But definitely a second-round pick. Never got past that. So to be a second-round pick and to fall that far, man, I can't remember the last time a solid receiver like that. That wasn't all injuries. I mean, there is a little bit of injuries involved here, but when the quarterback went down, to see him completely far apart, I think the last time this happened was when Luck went down and T.Y. Hilton, remember he had a disastrous year when Luck didn't play most of the season? I think that's the last time I remember a a wide receiver being this low. Am I right? It's got to be close. Well, I don't even know if he was that bad, to be honest. Uh, he, was mean, like, is, he was like at a 30 percentile. I, I, yeah, I no, was, it's it's low, but this is yeah. – I mean, this, he's down here. And, and you, you, you like to think that they have talented backups and guys that can target, you know, these talented receivers. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I haven't seen enough Steelers film to know if it's if it's Juju Smith-Schuster not getting open or it's a quarterback. But when you look at his targets from 2018 to 2019, when he spent that 2018 season with Big Ben, he had 166 targets in 2018 – Went all the way down to seventy in twenty nineteen. Right, almost well, half, and then the, the catch rate went down too. Catch rate right. went down about seven percent as well, so it didn't catch I, as many of his targets. I think the other thing that happened with Juju in Pittsburgh not only did the quarterback go down and he didn't have really very good replacements, but nobody really stepped up to be the solid number two receiver mm-hmm. that we were hoping for. We thought it was going to be James Washington. That didn't happen. Then they thought it was going to be Deontay Johnson. He had his moments, but that really never came to play. And then, you know, then they got down to their third quarterback, and then, you know, then Miles Garrett be- tried to beat the crap out of uh, <laughs> uh, Rudolph with his helmet. So it just got uglier from there. But uh, in the end, Juju Smith runs away with this one um, at a, at a uh, for the worst value of the year award. So let's move on to the uh, receiver that was the best value of the year. Uh, this receiver gets uh, the winner of this award is the lowest ADP at the beginning of the season and ends the season with the best combination of total fantasy points and consistency, thus making him a, a best value at wide receiver. And, you know, there's, there was some decent ones. I, I'll throw out the nominee, uh, the one that I think that was uh, had a pretty, pretty solid, you know, turnaround um, or, or, you know, 
value um, was probably, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Golden Tate because he got traded to the, the Giants and there wasn't a lot of love for him. And, you know, he, he had to be suspended the first five games because he took some kind of, like, fertility drug that was on the bad list and he tried to fight it, didn't work. Uh, but when he did play, and he played nine, 11 games um, after uh, you know he came back from the suspension, 82%, not too bad. Uh, certainly could be a, a solid sleeper. You know, next year we assume you know Sterling Shepard comes back, and you know we get um, Evan Ingram's back. So you know he did all that with all the shakeups going on in that. But uh, Ron, I think you know who the winner is, and it's not even close in my opinion. Do you? It's it's definitely not, and our our winner's gonna and guy I'd like to throw there real quick before we do give the the winner. I won't go too deep into it. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was sitting there. You, you've got to look. Uh, you don't have to go too far down the list to see him. He was eighth in total fantasy right. points. He was eighty one percent consistent, so he was a great value based on his ADP. Um, but our winner's gonna be John Brown, and it's not even close. You know, like right. you said, John Brown is all the way down there a wide receiver fifty five. You know, you as you said in the article, you had him as a decent wide receiver five option. And then when you look at our, our rankings here, you he's right there, right behind Allen Robinson. He's 20th in total points, but he was 87% consistent, 13 out of 15 games. And he became much more than just that that big play guy, you know, that guy that's right. going to get you three for 90 and a touchdown every other week. 72 catches, 1,060 yards, and six scores for that Buffalo offense. And yet again, another one of those guys on that Buffalo offense, you know, along with Josh Rosen, a quarterback that doesn't, doesn't come off as flashy. Or Josh Allen, sorry, that doesn't come off as, as flashy. But just week in and week out gave you that consistency that you were looking for. Right. No, it's without a doubt. And, and you know, like you said, um, as I put in the article, you know, I, I liked him as a wide receiver five. I had him on a few teams. Um, now I wish I would have drafted more of him. But I was just, you know, he had never really showed any consistency at any other spot he had stopped at. You've got a guy we don't really believe has a consistent arm in, in Josh Allen. But, boy, they clicked very very well and you know the the interesting thing and i know it's early for adps but you know fantasy football calculators adp has john brown at like wide receiver 38 so he's getting some love certainly he's higher than last year but for a guy that ended up as the third most consistent wide receiver out there at 87 percent um if i can get him as my number four Heck, even as my number three, if he can be anywhere near that again, that's going to be some great value heading into 2020. So definitely keep an eye out uh, in your best ball leagues for John Brown because uh, you got to assume Buffalo is going to go out there and probably get some decent picks. Maybe they'll get another wide receiver on the other side. It's a very deep receiver class uh, this year in the NFL draft, so a lot of potential for somebody to fall and, and, and be a solid receiver on the other side. So we'll see how that all plays out in Buffalo. All right, so let's move on to uh, one of our coveted uh, definitely awards, and that is the Rookie Wide Receiver of the Year, uh, which rookie ends the season with the best combination of total points and consistency. And, Ron, I'll let you uh, throw out the nomination on this one, and then I'll come back with our winner. And I think, we, I think yet again the winner is the guy that definitely deserves it. But the guy I'm going to throw out definitely should deserve some love especially on the absolute garbage team that he is uh, stuck playing for. And that's my boy Terry Targets, scary Terry McLaurin. <laughs> 58 grabs, 919 yards, seven scores. When you look at him in our rankings, you've got to scroll down a little bit to find him, but ended up top 30 total points, 
ended up with 57% consistency, eight out of 14 games. And considering, you know, like I said, the offense that was around him, the guys he had throwing him the football, I think that's a pretty solid season for, for a guy that is basically kind of the turd in the punch bowl there around with the rest of that offense. So my guy is going to be Terry Targets for sure. But I think we gave the winner to the right guy, though. Terry Targets. Another one that we you didn't mention, which is, you know, and I have no problem with Terry McLaurin. I mean, he was 57% consistent. We all know that the – you know, for a rookie, if you can get 60% or higher uh, in your rookie year, you're certainly one of the elite rookies uh, from the past, you know. In fact, I just finished the rookie versus consistency article today that will be going up this week. And, you know, once again, the uh, for the season, there was only four out of 44 players, uh, out of the 44 players drafted as a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end in the first four rounds in 2019. Only four of them went over 60%, and there were two wide receiver rookies who did that. Uh, McLaurin was very close at 57%, as I mentioned. Debo Samuels was exactly at 60%, uh, and if you looked at his second half of the year, he went like 7 for 9. So he definitely, and, and I know if anybody watched the playoffs, they saw Samuel was definitely in sync with Jimmy Graves. So uh, definitely love him. Definitely would be a good also nominee for this. But as you write, the winner won this hands down. uh, And that is DK Metcalf from Seattle, 69% consistency. Uh, Total points ranked him 33rd, which was actually two points, two spots below Debo. But he had two more clutch games. That was the difference. Um, And plus he had was 26th in X consistency. And, it, and the interesting thing in both of these receivers' cases is that how they basically got to these spots, got over 60% by having very, very solid second halves. Uh, I already talked about Samuel being 7 for 9. Metcalf, I think, was 8 for 9. So they both had very good second halves, which kind of always points out to the fact that that is a good thing if you're looking to draft them in 2020. You know, One of the unique things about our Rookies versus Consistency article um, is that if you look at like the the running backs who have earned over sixty percent in their first year, not all of them come back to be solid players moving forward. Uh, there's been guys like Trent Richardson that have done it. There's been guys you know like Saquon Barkley that have done it. So and Zeke. So sometimes it has. Sometimes they've you know went, you know, um, goes right at it. You know, and, and they and they keep that consistency up. Others not as much. But wide receivers. They do. They if you're consistent their rookie season, they usually do a pretty you know, they usually are right there every year and stay consistent after that fact. So remember that when you're looking at your teams this year, we'll definitely of course be highlighting that information in the fantasy football consistency guide coming out May first. Uh but definitely keep an eye on Metcalf and Debo. Now the difference the key is gonna be is that their ADP is gonna be much higher. So they're gonna have to be drafted as, you know, a wide receiver two you might get lucky and get them as a three, uh, but they again, right, wide receivers have usually shown that they stay consistent if they are consistent in their rookie season. So both of those guys should be solid picks um, moving forward into next year. All right, let's so let's move well, real on. Quick, one Go more ahead. thing I want to throw out there real quick about DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. They, they, when you compare their stat lines, it is an example of why we do what we do every week with the consistency. So when you look at their overall stats for the year, when you look at Metcalf and McLaurin, same amount of receptions, same amount of touchdowns, and McLaurin actually had 19 more yards. But when you look at it through the consistency lens that we do every week, mm-hmm. you've got Metcalf sitting there 
seventeenth uh, clutch rating. You've got McLaurin all the way down at thirty second, and so you've got DK Metcalf giving you three more clutch games. So that that illustrates right there, you know, why we do what we do because right. when you look at the overall picture, it doesn't tell you the whole story. Right, right. Now that's exactly why we do what we do is to to uh, is to separate those players that on paper, when you're looking just at pure stats, or you know, even if you just got consistent, or I'm sorry, if you just have you know fantasy points. Um, you know, there's a there's quite a difference, and as you mentioned, you know, if you look at it from a fantasy points perspective, McLaurin had 191.9, he was 29th, and DK Metcalf had 188.10, so he was actually, you know, three points behind McLaurin in total fantasy points. And if you looked at just that, you'd be like, oh well, you know, I might as well draft McLaurin over Metcalf. Well, consistency wise, says no, 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 don't you dare. Uh, so again, this is why we do it. Make sure that you pay attention as we're uh, bringing you this, you know, important information. So let's move on to the clutch less, uh, and this goes to the receiver ends the season with a high ranking in total fantasy points, but his consistency was lower than expected, uh, therefore making him looking less or more valuable than he really was worth to his fantasy teams. And Ron, I'm not even going to even request. A recommendation for this because this is one of the guys that uh, we always talk about when it comes to this scenario of scoring more points, being less consistent, and uh, he still has one of my favorite nicknames. That and I, I forget who did it. I think it's the guys from one of the podcasts I was on. I think it's two and one, uh, two for one podcast, but they call him the Fantasy Locust, and that is one Amari Cooper. Uh, <laughs> as always. Cooper had a decent year in total points. He was 10th place overall, but his consistency was only 63%, ranked him 21st. And, you know, we always, you know, we, we will give him some love and state that his, you know, this was his best consistency season since 2016. So he did improve a little bit, but, you know, his current ADP already heading into next year is, of course, top 12. And, folks, let me repeat. Cooper has never had a wide receiver one season in consistency. Do not buy into this. In fact, Michael Gallup actually had the exact same X consistency as Cooper, and he's going two rounds later in ADP-wise. So, Ron, uh, any, any argument with the fantasy locust taking over our clutchless uh, no, not, spot again? I think it might be two out of the last three years. We we may have to just go ahead and name this the Amari Cooper Award. We may just have to name it name it after him at this point. And, the fantasy you know, locust he, award. The locust award. Yeah, I mean it's it's something where I, I feel like we talk about him just about more than anybody, and 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 for a lot of the wrong reasons. And, and you know, right. yet again, you look at the overall body of work: seventy nine grabs, eleven hundred eighty nine yards, eight touchdowns. That's an awesome season. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, kind of like you said before, you know, Michael Gallup is a guy that was like the fiftieth wide receiver off the board last year, and he's a full two rounds behind him this year and he basically gave you the same season uh now when you get him that that kind of value last year that's a little bit different story but still you know it's kind of like what we talked about with some of the carolina receivers are you going to get the guy that's up front that's you know the flashier of the two are you going to wait a couple rounds to get almost the same production and that's kind of what you're you're looking at here so yeah it's a guy that i I mean it's it's tough to trust because you like the overall body of work but you don't know what weeks you're going to get it and what weeks you don't right Right, and that's again, like you said before, when we were talking about, 
you know, Metcalf and those kind of guys is this is why we do this. This is why we identify these players to you. You know, not every player we're identifying to you is because we like them. It's because we don't want you to draft them <laughs> because we're not going to draft them. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make your team consistent by putting consistent players on it and making sure you don't get inconsistent players on it. That's how this works. And that's what we have to bring to your attention and always make sure you're following. All right. So we go to the other side here. We go to the clutch more uh, somebody who was uh, high in consistency, uh, but low ranking in total points, thus making him look on the surface as less valuable. Uh, but they actually are worth a little bit more to your team. And Ron, I'll let you throw out a nominee if you have one. I actually have two, and I won't do a deep dive into either one. I'll just kind of give you the names and okay. give you the, the, the surface stats here. But I went with Tyreek Hill and Calvin Ridley as a couple of guys that, you know, on our rankings, you've got to, you know, look at a little bit further down for them in total points. Tyreek Hill sitting at 32nd and Calvin Ridley sitting at 27th. Now also, too, they did miss a handful of games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them missed at least three. But when you look at their consistency, their consistency is sitting there at 69, 67% uh, respectively. You've got Ridley sitting there at 16 or 16th ranked overall, and you've got Tyreek Hill sitting there at 18th ranked overall. So when they did suit up for you and they were healthy, pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I think we're we're a little bit disappointed with Tyreek because, you know, we had Tyreek kind of thought to be. But then if you remember with the offseason we went through with Tyreek, I mean, one week if you were drafting best ball, you had to draft him in the second round. And and then you know the the stuff starts coming down on this case and and the you know is he going to get you know indicted is you know what's going to happen next thing you know I remember being in I think it was the Fourth of July Invitational on Sirius XM that Howard and uh, Fantasy LR put together and I got Tyree Kill in the seventh round and I was so excited <laughs> like well and then especially I was really more excited when they announced that he wasn't going to get any suspension whatsoever. Uh, and sadly, I still did. I, I made the playoffs, but I didn't. I didn't win the league, so I was pretty upset with that because I had I had a really solid team. When when Tyreek Hill is your wide receiver three, you think you do do better. But I think my running backs <laughs> let me down if I don't don't remember. But anyway, but the winner of the clutch more, and I've already actually talked about him a little bit. Kind of forgot he was getting this award, but it's Golden Tate. And as I mentioned, you know, he's signed by the Giants in the off season. He gets suspended for the banned fertility drug. Uh, most people remember that part. But what people don't remember, or you know, if they're looked at from last year, is that Tate ended the year with an 82% clutch rate, with which ranked him fourth overall. His total points only ranked him 43rd because you know he missed those games due to the suspension. Uh, but even in the games when Sterling Shepard and Tate were on the field at the same time, Tate still earned over 70% consistency. Uh, his X consistency was a solid 11.42, which ended him the year ranked 11th. Uh, right now, his ADP is wide receiver 47. So you know that he's going to get thrown the ball, even if everybody's healthy. we got Shepard, Ingram, and Tate healthy. He still got the ball 70% of the time. Or he's you know, getting 70% you know, clutch rate from that perspective. And you know, this is a hard one to judge, but I, I really like his value heading into this year. I think he's going to be on a lot of my teams, and he certainly proved that you know, he's, he didn't lose what, you know, a lot of people thought he was kind of done when he, Detroit let him go uh, and, and he went off to the Giants. But it seems like he still got it, Ron. What do you think? No, he, definitely. And, and anytime you can see a guy post numbers like that, especially with a rookie quarterback, 
I think that says a lot about their ability to get open and their ability to, you know, maybe read defenses or maybe call audibles with the, 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 the quarterback as well. So I, you know, he's a guy yet again, I, I drafted him first year at Kings classic and he really burnt me hard when he was in, when he was in Philly. So I, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know if I have like just a mental block and I can't take him anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe that has something to do with it, but no, I, I'm going to have to get past that because I mean, if he's, if he's a solid value, especially with what he was able to do last year with Daniel Jones, at quarterback, I think you got to look at him definitely. Right. And he's one of those guys we we see this all the time Ron. The aging veteran, the the you know, that's not the shiny new toy. So people like the you know, like the Fitzgeralds over the past years and you know, I think Tate's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be an OG, an old guy. And nobody wants the old guys. And but yet that's where you can find some really good value consistency-wise. Mm-hmm. He proved it last year. Definitely looking forward to this year the same. So we're going to go to the clutch comeback player of the year. And, and Ron, I didn't think I would ever in my <laughs> lifetime put this man on any kind of positive fantasy football award. And yet there he is. And he is, of course, Devontae Parker. We've only been waiting five years for his breakout. And it finally happened in 2019. Um you know, he was always the hype of preseason, best shape ever, catching everything thrown to him, blah, 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 blah. We've all heard it, right, Ron? But yet, 2018, I mean, check these numbers out. 2018, he was ranked 106th in total points, and he played 14 games. He's 2 for 14, 14% consistency rating. Nobody drafted him. Nobody wanted him. There was some hype in preseason, as always. And yet, what happens? Fitz magic, baby. The two, 2019 season, he explodes for 246 points, ranked 11th, 81% clutch rating, 6th overall in consistency. Now the question, does he do it again? Because guess what? There's not a lot of faith with his numbers right now, ADP-wise. He's at wide receiver 37. So people really aren't believing it. Now, Fitzmagic is going to be there. They assume we're going, they're going to take probably Tua or somebody at quarterback. But would you are you going to draft Devontae Parker as your wide receiver, wide receiver three, or wide receiver four in 2020? Will you be able to do that? Will you be able to click the draft him button? <laughs> that is the question that has to be asked. Ron, will you do it? If it's my wide receiver four, yes. Okay. I don't really have to think about it too much. I think that's that's solid there. Wide receiver three, I'm going to have to really, really think about it. I'm going to have to see what else is on the board at that point. It's going to be tempting. But, you know, as you dive deeper into these numbers, the one thing that scares me a little bit is, I, is it was when I was looking at these receivers, I'm looking at catch rate, and his catch rate's only 56%. And he's, he's down a little bit there. He was targeted 128 times, wow. hauled in 72 of them. So, uh, but, but, I mean, on the other side of that, though, with the, yet again, the offense around him, you know, he, we've been waiting on a breakout for a while, which, by the way, too, he's only 26 years old. Seems right. like he's been yeah. around for 15 years. Seems like years. he's been here forever, but, yeah, it's not that old. Yeah, only 26, so he's still got some good football ahead of him. And if he, can, if he has finally figured it out and you can get him as your wide receiver three, I, I mean, who would not want 72 – 1202 nine touchdowns out of your wide receiver three right oh i couldn't agree more but it's yeah. it's just that you know it's you know it, well it's it's the, yet again it's it's we talk about this a lot in baseball 
it's that one outlier year that's right. so much better than the others. And do you trust it and hope for it again? I think right. you, I think you're kind of silly if you don't expect it to come down a little bit. But still, right, right. if you can get him at that point, he plays 14 games. He can give you a little over a thousand yards if he catches 60 balls. Right. Gives you six or seven touchdowns. That's still pretty solid wide receiver three number too. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you take him as your three or four, and he gets you 70 percent consistency, and mm-hmm. you know that's still. A hell of a number, regardless, you know, for a wide receiver three. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously we'll see, but there seems to be some upbeatness, you know, from the coaching staff down there. They got some fire burning, you know, but a lot of weapons that they need. So we'll see how it all they all address it in the draft. And um, you know, Preston Williams was looking pretty good on the other mm-hmm. side um, there as well. So. Might have a little bit of an offense there in Miami. Well, and, and you talking about the the coaching staff and those guys. You know, one of the the things I'm cursed with down here is I'm in the Dolphins' local market, so they are mm-hmm. on every week. So I saw them play quite a bit. And what I will say is, I was impressed more than anything with their ability that they they were in every game and they played hard every right. game and they did not yeah. they didn't mail it in. So maybe right, that right. has something to do with it too. Maybe a new culture. He's kind of buying into that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know he kind of is going going about his business a different way. Definitely. Definitely. All right, so that brings us to, of course, the ultimate choice, the ultimate award every year. Um, I know these guys probably tear up every time they see it posted on Twitter that they've won, uh, and I'm sure that this guy will be no different, especially since he's went to college in my home state of Ohio. And, uh, you know, this one, this one wasn't as close as we had. Last year we had that. Very tight race between Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. They were both 100%. It was a tough decision. This year, not so much. And mm-hmm. that guy, of course, is from the Ohio State University, Mr. Michael Thomas. And last year, like I said, we had a close race. You know, Thomas, we liked, but we didn't love going into this past year. You know, he was only 75% consistent uh, in 2018. We certainly had him as our as a wide receiver one. I think I had him seventh because I took a lot of crap for the fact that I had Julian Edelman ahead of him, ranked sixth. And so everybody was – they were more upset with about Edelman being sixth than they were about uh, <laughs> Thomas being seventh. Uh, by the way, Edelman ended the year seventh. Just saying, uh, but it's pretty good. Um, but you know, number one in total points, a hundred points higher than second place, ninety-four percent clutch rate. Uh, the second closest after that was Julio Jones at eighty-seven percent. Um, his X consistency twenty-two point oh one. Julio Jones second fifteen point nine. Wasn't even close. Um, but as we look forward, I'm already seeing an ADP for Michael Thomas at one oh four. That's a little rich for me. Um, I just don't know if Thomas can repeat those numbers. Uh, now, we know Breeze is supposed to come back. Um, and I think he, you know, he'll be obviously worthy of being drafted in the first round. I'm good with sixth or seventh. But, man, number four might be a little high. But, again, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see how it all plays out. Uh, your thoughts on Michael Thomas as the MVP and, and looking forward to 2020 uh, wh- how high will you draft Michael Thomas in a PPR format? It's, it's I mean, it's tough. I mean, PPR, I, 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 I want to say in PPR, I don't think I could argue with the, that fourth pick okay. all that much. I think that's pretty fair. If it's, if it's, uh, you know, standard league, I don't know necessarily. I'm going to have to get him to slip to me a little bit, but dude was a target machine last year and reception machine machine last year. 
I don't really see a whole lot changing. And I think we got a little bit better season out of Drew Brees than what we thought we might get. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really see a need or reason to maybe think we might not get that at least one more year. You know, I don't think he was really thinking about hanging it up and the, the offense is talented around him. They got plenty of weapons. So PPR, I think I could go number four. Standard needs to slip to me just a few spots, but I definitely first rounder, definitely I think top six, top seven. I don't think he goes past number seven in any format. Even if he does, I think that's a hell of a value there. Right. And I think it's mostly because of the fact that there really isn't a solid, no doubt about it, number four running back. You know, I think the big three will still be there, still be Zeke McCaffrey and, and uh, um, yeah, Zeke McCaffrey and Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though Barkley kind of had a down year, I, I certainly would have no problem drafting him in the top three. You know, I've seen Cook at 104 as well. Um, but, you know, you're not going to put Aaron Jones up there. You're not going to put Derrick Henry that high. You could. Uh, Eckler, Fournette, you know, Chubb. That's your that's your remaining first rounders. Um, I think it's just very difficult to move them up, you know, those guys up to the number four spot and know you're going to get that. Where it's a pretty good chance you could see Thomas repeat those numbers, um, at least be in consistency numbers. He might not get, you know, the, the same number of catches and the same, you know, yards and touchdowns and that kind of stuff. I think he certainly will regress a little bit from that. But on the other hand. I think that the 90% consistency is definitely there, and that's what you want uh, out of a guy that's going to be drafted at 104. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, and, and when you compare him with some of those names, too, I would just kind of go on, going over in my head doing a you know comparison of who I would take over that. And most of the guys you said, other than those big three running backs, I don't think I would take over Michael Thomas. Definitely wouldn't take – I wouldn't feel too comfortable taking – uh, Dalvin Cook at 1-4, I don't believe. And not to say that Dalvin Cook didn't have a great season last year, but he kind of has that propensity to be nicked up a little bit. Yep. But I think yeah, when you compare exactly him with up. a lot, yeah, a lot of those other guys that you mentioned, I think I would go Thomas every time. So I feel a little bit better about that. But, yeah, I think he's still there as that, that first guy off the board after those big three. Definitely, definitely. All right, so we got about three minutes left. So uh, as we kind of look down the list here wide receiver-wise, Anybody else that, uh, you know, kind of jumped out to you? I know you talked about Allen Robinson. You know, what about Chris Godwin looking for? Ends the year second in total points. Actually tied with Julio Jones at 274.1. 79% consistent. Definitely looked like he was the guy. But with the potential shakeup in Tampa of, you know, whether it's going to be Winston, whether they're going to bring in Rivers, um, how – are you drafting uh, a guy like Chris Godwin in the first late first round? I don't know if I if I could take him in the late first round. I think he'd have to fall to the second for me. But I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because he was the only other guy that I would have even maybe given an honorable mention to as far as our MVP just because mm-hmm. of his ADP going into the season last year. Right. He was the twentieth wide receiver off the board. Ended up the in top ten in consistency, second in total points. Right. But it's it's a little scary because you don't know the quarterback situation there. Um, yet again, though, I feel a little more comfortable drafting him maybe than I might say Mike Evans, just because right. I don't know who's going to be in there throwing the deep ball. I feel like Godwin's more of that possession over the middle type guy, but he can stretch it a little bit too. He got a little bit of speed, but I think he's more of that guy that you rely on to move the chains. And I think that's a little bit easier for quarterbacks to do than throw that deep ball to Mike Evans. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, we're winding down here under two minutes. So, uh, Ron, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and all your great baseball stuff. 
outside of obviously big guy fantasy sports. We know they can they can find you there, but tell us about all the cool stuff that uh, you're doing with the boys uh, over at uh, Fantrax and uh, Nasty Cast. So last week, Nasty Cast uh, was Van Lee and myself, just the two of us. We we pulled a little uh, little double duty there. We was just, we were without uh, the the great Nate Dockin as far as looking at starting pitchers, and it's it's an interesting one to listen to because I don't think Van and I agreed on one starting pitcher outside the top five. So de- definitely some interesting takes on both sides of the ball there. This week we're going to look at relief pitchers um, on the Dynasty podcast. Um, we're going to be full strength with Nate Van and our boy Eric Cross. Um, we're going to look at I oh man I cannot think of what system we're going to look at next week. So we're, all I will say is we're going to keep those minor league system previews rolling for your uh, your your dynasty startups and your dynasty drafts that are coming up because those those drafts are getting here. I've started a couple myself in my dynasty leagues and they are upon us. Yeah, it's uh, you know spring training is going along quite well and today's March first, gang. So here we go. You know, we're in that last month, that last stretch, and baseball starts a little early, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like the 26th? Yeah, I want to say it's 26th or 27th. So yeah, yeah it's, somewhere it's, in it's there. Wednesday or Thursday of that week, so it, we're, we're within the month, so it's it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, because my, uh, my buddy Frank said something about going to the Indians' home opener. There's actually still tickets available, which is rare, but the damn game is like March 27th or 28th or something like mm-hmm. that, and I'm like... God, it was terrible enough going like April 10th that it was still, you know, 40 <laughs> degrees. And I said, that's exactly what happens. You 